A one to nothing win in Los Angeles puts the Giants on the brink of the National League Championship Series. It was an unreal result. I mean, how often do you go into LA, win a one to nothing game? And Max Scherzer, the Dodgers' ace of aces, was on the mound. And for the Giants, it's Alex Wood. So it really was like a David versus Goliath scenario. And the Giants come out on top in a one to nothing game. The elements played a role. Dodgers and their fans complaining a little bit this morning and last night about how the wind uh, influenced the game. Well, guess what? The wind was a factor for both sides and you just deal with it. And the Dodgers now have to deal with being down two to one. Defense was also a story. Managing was also a story. So we'll talk about everything you need to know from this game and get you set for a potential clinching game for All of that coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you so much for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, which now includes YouTube, so check us out there. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And coming up on today's show, guess what we're going to talk about? Giants winning a playoff game in Los Angeles, one to nothing. The pitching, the defense, the managing, and the wind. That's really the story of this game. And when all was said and done, the Giants are up two to one in this series, and they just need to win one of the next two games, and they would be moving on to the National League Championship Series to face either the Atlanta Braves or the Milwaukee Brewers. And not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but those teams are not the Dodgers. So the Giants, you know, obviously any team can beat any other team and it would be tough and all that. But the path to the World Series would be very real if the Giants can just win one more game here. So where I want to start is, I mean, there's so many different angles here. The Giants, I just have to emphasize We will get into the pitching. Uh, Camilo Duvall with a gutsy six-out save. Alex Wood with a gutsy four and a third or four and two-thirds. We'll we'll have the exact details in a minute. Uh, Tyler Rogers, multiple innings. Jake McGee, some big outs. The defense, the managing. But I want to start with the wind because this is something that the Dodgers and their fans are whining about uh, since last night. And The reason is that with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, Gavin Lux pinch hitting hits a high deep drive to left center field and these strong winds in LA, which you never ever see, seem to knock that ball down. And, you know, everyone on Twitter talking about the statistics of the exit velocity and launch angle. And I get that. 
you know, that is something that we look at too. But guess what? Both teams dealt with these elements. And we're going to talk about how there was a lesser complained about uh, scenario that hurt the Giants involving the wind in this exact game. And it was comparable to what Gavin Lux did there. So the reason it's a big deal because Gavin Lux literally stuck his arm out thinking that he had tied the game, stuck his uh, finger in the air. He was ready to celebrate a game-tying home run. And to his credit, I mean, he crushed that ball. It would have been a huge moment, but guess what? The wind was howling all night, so you can't assume anything. He did, and it ended up not being a home run. Steven Duggar went back to the wall, but then he was able to come in and make the catch. So the outfield defense, the infield defense was just critical for the Giants in this game, as you would expect in a one to nothing win. So yeah, I mean, the, the statistics on Lux's ball, basically he hit it hard, like 107 miles an hour. He hit it at a 22 degree launch angle. And, you know, that often results in a home run, something like 70% of the time, similar batted balls have been home runs. Well, guess what? In the sixth inning, Mike Yastrzemski hit a ball very comparably, 105 off the bat miles an hour, 21 degree launch angle on similar batted balls. Uh, batters had a batting average of 734 with 21 home runs this season out of 79 balls in play. 58 hits, 21 home runs out of 79 balls in play. And guess what else? The Giants play at Oracle Park all year for 21 years here, and their their balls are inf- influenced by the wind all the time. They hit deep drives into you know right center field. It happens, so I don't want to hear any complaining. And then you also don't win a one to nothing game simply because of one play. Uh, let's not forget that the pitching from Alex Wood, Tyler Rogers, Jake McGee, and Camilo Doval shut down the Dodgers. Like any little slip up, and and this game is at least tied, and potentially the Dodgers win this game because the Giants offensively, which is something we also want to talk about today, is the potential concern about the Giants offense the Giants got shut down they got kind of dominated by Dodgers pitching in this game and they still found a way to win so it was kind of one of those classic Giants miraculous wins that we've become accustomed to seeing in the postseason it you know reminds me of any number of games in 10 12 and 14 where the Giants kind of had no business winning that game and I'm not saying because those those balls hit by Lux and there's one by Chris Taylor. I'm not saying because those should have been home runs. I'm saying you're not supposed to win a one to nothing game against that team in LA. It just, you know, with Scherzer on the mound for the Dodgers and Alex Wood on the mound for the Giants. It was a mismatch in favor of LA. But as we say every single day, it's baseball and you never know what's going to happen. And even if it's a mismatch, you're talking maybe you still have like a 40% chance of winning the game if you're if you're doing probabilities. So I'm not saying they can't win and it's shocking that they won, but a one to nothing win on the road in the NLDS against your bitter arch rivals, that doesn't happen very often. And so it's truly amazing, but you know, they earned it. It's not I don't want to I don't think at all that they got lucky in this game. They earned it. They had just truly remarkable pitching performances, clutch, clutch defense. And I thought Gabe Kapler managed a heck of a game. So coming up next, we'll get into those details. 
how the Giants were able to win this game with pitching defense and some managing and also, of course, that one swing of the bat. So stay tuned for that. But first, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same parts from a chain store or car dealership? They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, to even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, as promised, we're going to get into some of the details of this game. How this game was won, one to nothing, Giants up two to one in the best of five National League Division Series. They just need to win one of the next two. And not to say that that's going to be easy. Dodgers, you know, it's tough to put a team away. It's tough to win games on the road against the Dodgers. They had won, let's see here, they had won 16 in a row at home. They had won all 12 of Max Scherzer's starts since acquiring him from the Nationals in whatever, July 30, on July 30th. So, just an unbelievable kind of outcome here. And the Dodgers have 24 losses at home on the season and seven have come against the Giants. So as I continue to say, this Giants team plays that Dodgers team as tough as anybody, or I'll just go out and say it. They play them tougher than anybody. And this was another example of that. So Alex Wood on the mound for the Giants, Max Scherzer on the mound for LA. Giants got dominated. They got dominated by the Dodgers pitching in this game and they still found a way to win. Evan Longoria, the probably the most unlikely offensive hero. He was mired in just a big time slump and he you know has been really really searching for it. I had a lot of comments when I put out the lineup today or yesterday, why is Longoria in the lineup? And honestly, to be fair, I was wondering kind of the same thing myself. Not really, actually. I would defend that because of the defense. If he's a shaky defender, then yeah, go with someone else maybe. But it just changes things a little bit too much if you take Longoria out of that game. I guess you could put Bryant at third base and maybe you know Wade Jr. at first and Darren Ruff in the outfield or Ruff at first and Wade in the outfield. That's something that they could and should potentially consider except Longoria found it. And that is something we talk about a lot on the Locked on Giants podcast is that certain guys, I mean, they have a track record. That's why I defend Alex Dickerson, even though he continues to struggle. He has a track record of hitting right-handed pitching. Longoria has a track record of being a good major league player. And so he's not that bad. He's going to figure it out and at least become normal Evan Longoria and not be just a automatic out. So, Anyway, that one swing of the bat, Longoria hits a 110-mile-an-hour shot off of Max Scherzer high and deep into left center field. 
through the wind. I mean, guess what, Gavin Lux? You got to hit it a little better than that if you want to hit it out on a night when the wind is blowing like that. So yeah, David versus Goliath, Scherzer versus Alex Wood. And Scherzer, I mean, 10 strikeouts, one walk, and just the one solo home run, three hits allowed. The Giants only had three hits in this game, but they won because of their pitching and their defense and the managing that put those guys in the best position to succeed. Or more specifically, the man, the aggressive managing. They pulled Alex Wood, Gabe Kapler pulled Alex Wood in the fifth inning with two outs and a runner on first in favor of Tyler Rogers, who got Mookie Betts out. So two different times, Rogers has come in with a guy on base facing a really good hitter. Pretty much all the Dodgers are really good hitters, so that's almost always the case. But in game one, in the eighth inning, he got Corey Seager to ground out. And then here in game three, in the fifth inning, he gets Mookie Betts to ground out. That's a you know, real benefit of Tyler Rogers being on the mound is that he gets a lot of ground balls. And so, you know, Giants have good infield defense for the most part, especially if you hit it to Brandon Crawford, pretty much across the board, maybe with the exception being second base, where they got a huge play later in the game out of Donovan Solano. So not to, you know, disrespect Solano there at all, because he had a big play. He was in there because Listella came out with Achilles discomfort again. But anyway, Rodgers gets that huge out, ground ball to Crawford. Then Rodgers pitches the sixth inning. Then Rodgers goes out there again for the seventh inning. So super aggressive managing, just trying to bridge the gap to get to Camilo Doval, basically, because they didn't want to go to their middle reliever types. They wanted to only utilize their best pitchers in a critical game like this. And I just thought that that sense of urgency with which this game was managed was brilliant. And Dave Roberts, I thought, made a mistake letting Max Scherzer hit when the Dodgers were behind. Exact same scenario as when Kapler let Kevin Gosman hit when the Giants were behind. And I thought it was a mistake. That was the one complaint I had from game two by the one like the one there were definitely there were several questionable decisions, but that was the one I felt most strongly about that it should have gone a different direction. And anyway, maybe it was a mistake, whatever. But uh, the Dodgers made that same mistake, letting Scherzer hit, in my opinion, and they needed the runs like they needed to capitalize on any opportunities they had to score. They have such a good bullpen. To me, it makes sense. And such a deep bench that, you know, let your offense try to score. But anyway, they didn't. And and I'm happy to take that. And the Giants pitching and defense just didn't allow an inch from the Dodgers. So uh, I thought Rodgers, if there was one gripe I had from the Giants managing of this game, I thought Rodgers may have pitched one batter too long. So in the Seventh inning, he allowed, there was one out, and then he allowed back-to-back singles to uh, Albert Pujols, I believe, or was it uh, a pinch hitter, Steven Souza, actually. Steven Souza, pinch hitting, uh, had a single off Tyler Rogers, and then Will Smith came up. And I didn't realize this, but apparently Will Smith has reverse platoon splits. I would have to check and see if that's a career-long thing or if we're just looking at this year, because if it's just this year that I don't really put much stock into that. But the fact that Dave Roberts put Will Smith in the eighth slot in the lineup against a lefty starter, Alex Wood, 
tells me that they do believe in those reverse platoon splits because normally I would expect Will Smith to be higher in the lineup against the lefty, not lower. But they hit him eighth against the lefty. So therefore, I think it's probably fair to say they think he's worse against lefties. So I thought going to Jake McGee, who was warm warming up, uh, would have been appropriate there. Rogers was into his third inning of work. I mean, he got he only went technically an inning and two thirds, but he pitched in the fifth, he pitched the whole sixth, and he pitched into the seventh. So anyway, he let Gabe Hapler let Rogers face Smith, and Smith singled. So at that point, he decided to go to Jake McGee. My one complaint, like I said, one batter too long potentially. So Austin Barnes is then the pinch hitter, and they go and get McGee. And McGee strikes out Austin Barnes. I believe it was on three pitches. And then up comes Mookie Betts with two on and two out in that seventh inning. And this is where potentially the play of the game gets made. Betts hits a rocket to left. And off the bat, I think it's a single. The game is tied. But Brandon Crawford leaps up in the air and comes down with the baseball, and the game stays one to nothing Giants. So Crawford has just done this time and time again for the Giants in the regular season and in his career, game-changing defender, and he did it again there. He said, you know, he just kind of jumped and threw his glove up at it, and it, it is like a pure reaction play. Maybe not, you know, some of the ranging plays that he makes with some of the amazing throws, that he makes to me are more impressive, but given the situation, just a huge, huge catch. And the positioning was perfect. If Betts hits that ball, you know, 10 feet to the left, 10 feet to the right, or even two feet to the left or right, Crawford probably doesn't make that catch, but he jumps up in the air, brings it down, and the Giants hold on to their one to nothing lead. Just the slimmest of margins, no margin for error. And anyway, McGee gets through it. And then that was it. The rest of the game was on Camilo Duvall. He comes in in the eighth, and nobody else got warm. Well, actually, actually, Jose Alvarez was warming in the ninth. But Duvall faced six hitters, and he got them all out. So, you know, this 24-year-old rookie, just nothing seems to phase him, and he has been just attacking the strike zone ever since coming back up. And what a huge, gutsy performance by Camilo Duvall Yes, the Gavin Lux ball may have been assisted a little bit by the wind, but you know he's on his sixth batter there, and just I can't even describe how impressed I am with Camilo Duvall. And the national uh, baseball audience is seeing that too. Pedro Martinez, of course, Hall of Fame pitcher, one of the best of all time, was gushing about Camilo Duvall after the game. He was just so impressed. So anyway, coming up next, we'll tie up the loose ends from this game and we will get you set for a potential clinching game four uh, tonight. We'll talk about the pitching matchup. Who are the Giants going to face, and who are they going to put out on the mound? So all of that coming up next. But first, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. 
from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, as promised, we are going to tie up the loose ends from this Giants exhilarating, uh, nerve-wracking one to nothing win, and then we're going to get you set for Game 4, talk about the pitching matchups, and we'll talk about a potential Game 5 as well and what that might look like. So yeah, I mean, tying up the loose ends, Donovan Solano made a great defensive play coming in for Tommy Lastella, who came out with left Achilles tightness. So that continues to be a concern. To me, Lastella is a pretty critical part of this lineup against right-handed pitching. You're already losing, you already have lost Brandon Belt to an injury, and he's a crucial left-handed bat against right-handed pitching. And the replacements they have for Belt are right-handed for the most part. You're looking at Wilmer Flores and Darren Ruff. And so if you also lose Tommy Lastella, the replacements there are also right-handed, talking about Donovan Solano and Wilmer Flores. So suddenly you're platooning and you know getting the platoon advantage so often. Two of your eight position players, you lose that platoon advantage. So it hurts them against a right-handed pitcher. I would imagine Lestella is probably not going to be able to go tonight uh, if he had to come out of last night's game, a critical game, because of that Achilles tightness. So you know, that could potentially be a big deal. But we've also seen Donovan Solano get hot and be able to kind of carry a team and just get hits left and right all over the place. So we shall see. But that's something to look out for when we're looking, uh, when we're waiting for tonight's game for lineup. And part of that obviously has to do with who they're going to face. And at this point, we don't know. The possibilities are... I don't want to say endless because the Dodgers don't have an endless supply of pitchers, but I would imagine we're going to see Walker Bueller on short rest and then potentially Julio Urias if it gets to a game five. Urias obviously is super tough. And so if you lose a game four, then Urias versus Webb is a tense matchup, frankly. So try to get this done tonight is obviously going to be the Giants mindset. Uh, other possibilities for tonight, Tony Gonsolin was supposed to be the starter. So we could see Tony Gonsolin. We could see you know an opener. We could see a bullpen game. We could see David Price. There are all kinds of possibilities. And it's going to be all hands on deck for a Dodgers team facing elimination. Uh, you know, the Giants have been able to do pretty well against Walker Bueller this season. He has not looked at his best against the Giants the last couple of times. He's thrown against them. So going on short rest, I don't know. Maybe uh, Walker Bueller is not the most frightening opponent for the Giants. Maybe they can get something going. I don't know. They've got some magic going to them right now. And I would I would like to see them close this thing out in four instead of having to go to a game five. But that game would be in San Francisco and you would have a rested Logan Webb on the mound for that game. So yeah, that's kind of having tied up the loose ends. Now, previewing this game for for the Giants, they're going to have Anthony DiSclefani on the mound. So Gabe Kapler wouldn't announce a starter prior to the game, and it was only after the game that 
they made the announcement that it was going to be D. Sclafani. I don't know if that was like a strategic thing, just not wanting the Dodgers to be able to have a couple days to prepare and, you know, having them potentially like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think it, it depended on the outcome of game three. If the Giants had lost and were facing elimination, maybe they go to Logan Webb on short rest and then Kevin Gosman on normal rest in game five. Keep in mind all these off days, the built-in off day on Sunday and then the built-in off day tomorrow, if necessary, is what enables, you know, Kevin Gosman to, it's normal rest for him, even though normally he doesn't pitch, you know, three, you know, one game and then two games off and then the third game. But, it, you know, you get those extra two days of rest. So anyway, Anthony DiScalfani, let's just talk about him for a second. Uh, there's that narrative. There was that narrative that he can't pitch against the Dodgers. We had... This was a narrative for him. It was a narrative for Kevin Gosman, and it's been a narrative for Tyler Rogers because they have struggled at times against the Dodgers. Well, guess what? The Dodgers are an extremely talented team, which is why, again, it's even more amazing that they were able to win this game one to nothing last night. But, you know, the struggles of those three against the Dodgers at times, to me, does not mean they just can't do well against that team. And we've seen that come to fruition. We've seen that that's a false narrative. Like, let's talk about Tyler Rogers for a second. That was a story with him. People were saying, oh, he's just a gimmick. You can't let him face that Dodgers team over and over because they get used to him and they can hit him in that case. Well, last night, he got some of the most critical outs of the game. And then Kevin Gosman, we've seen him dominate the Dodgers and we've seen him do poorly against the Dodgers. Guess what? That's baseball. And then Di Sclafani... This season, uh, basically his worst outings of the year have all been against the Dodgers, including I think he gave up like 10 runs, 10 earned runs in like two and a third or something earlier in the season against them. But then the last time he faced them, I think he went six scoreless. So, you know, when he's on, he can beat anybody. And when he's off, the Dodgers can put up a ton of runs. And that's just true of any pitcher. So, Hopefully we get good Anthony DiScalfani. I, I just would say don't let anyone tell you he just can't pitch against L.A. If he's on, he can beat them, and that's what we'll be looking for tonight. Giants trying to close this thing out. I don't think they'll use Logan Webb because I do think they want to have him available for Game 5 if it comes to that, but pretty much everybody else is probably going to be available except Alex Wood, I would imagine, uh, having thrown four and two-thirds yesterday. I don't know about Camilo Duvall. I don't know about Tyler Rogers, but maybe to get a couple of big outs, maybe one big out, uh, I would expect it to be pretty much all hands on deck for the Giants. And I just love the way Gabe Kapler managed so aggressively in game four. And I hope that we see the same thing, or excuse me, in game three. And I hope that we see the same thing in game four. You know, going to one of your late inning guys in the fifth inning, one of your high leverage guys in the fifth inning, to me was fantastic. So great job, Gabe Kapler. And hopefully we see more of the same in game four. So we'll be back tomorrow breaking down, hopefully a Giants clinch. But you know, if they don't win, then we'll get you set for game five. Uh, We do these shows every single weekday. We are free and available on all platforms again, now including YouTube. Thank you so much for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on MLB. 
Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the majors past and present. It is free and available on all platforms as well. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspic. That's K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it, leaving a review, telling your friends and family to check us out, liking, commenting, subscribing on YouTube, all that good stuff. So thank you in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.